Hello and welcome. My name is Timp. I'm Axial. And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. And here we are, almost to the day. We're one day off, but one year of the Go Mode podcast. We've made it one year. This is episode 27. We've been putting them out consistently without exception once every two weeks. And so here we are. We made it one year. What, would you guys ever think that we would be doing this for, for a year? <laughs> it's kind of uh, crazy to think about, yeah. really. I kind of hope we'd make it for a year. At least. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. I mean, I didn't, I, I honestly, I didn't really think about it. I, I'm thinking back to how it all started and it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of weird, I guess, in a way, because I remember <laughs> you just DMing me on Discord and being <laughs> like, hey, listen, uh, I'm planning to start up a podcast and I was wondering if you wanted to join up. And we, I mean, how else was I going to do it? You know? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But like, we, you didn't we say all you didn't really know each other a lot. That's true. Like, no, we've we had didn't. some small interactions with each other, yeah. but never really directly, I guess. And my, uh, my favorite one is you. You did me like, do you like podcasts? And I was like, oh yeah. And I went on for like twenty minutes about all the <laughs> oh, yeah. different podcasts they listen to. And you're like, shut up. I want to ask you something. <laughs> oh really? No, Axe going on and on about something. That's new. <laughs> <laughs> that was a yeah uh that was a harbinger of things to come for sure um but no i i knew that you guys knew what you were talking about i had a good feeling about you but yeah i guess that's true i guess most podcasts probably start with like best buds but um it worked out wouldn't you say well now we're yeah. best buds now we're best buds yeah, yeah I mean, so it, worked it, out great. Uh, it seems to have worked out pretty well and people seem to enjoy listening to our crazy stuff we probably wouldn't still be doing this if we had like five listeners every episode, you know, like it just wouldn't be worth that effort. Yeah. Or if mm-hmm. we didn't like each other. So yeah, I guess things are, are going okay. So um, what do you guys say? You want to make some more episodes? Yeah. Sure. Sounds All good. Right. I'll be on for like two more, I guess. Probably. We got about <laughs> two more good ones from you. Yeah. Well, that's perfect then because uh, so we wanted to bring something special uh, as the, you know, sort of one year anniversary episode. Um and after thinking about it for a little while, um, we came up with something, and uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what that is as our feature. But before we do that, there's news. There's always news. There's there's lots of things going on. Um, not too much. I don't know why I always feel like I have to like quantify the amount of news before I start talking about it. I'm always like, oh, that's a lot, or oh, not too much this time. I should just start <laughs> saying the news. So here we go. Let's start with the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament. Uh, uh, it is now in uh, the final stages. We are at finals now. Um, there was something pretty crazy that happened. Um, again, spoiler alert, um, if you're planning on checking out some of these later bracket races. I think the last time we spoke, we were at quarterfinals. Um, we are now down to our final two. And as I said before, we didn't have any upsets or anything like that. Essentially, the one through eight seed won their race uh, every single time. And then when we got to the second round, the quarterfinals, the the higher seed won those as well. Well, <clears throat> funny thing happened uh, as, as we got to the semifinals. Um, it, we had a group A-er versus a group C-er. And on the other side, same thing, a group A-er versus a group C-er. It was weird how, how it worked out that way. Um, and both were upsets. So we have a Group C finals coming up for you. 
Uh, in fact, the first race uh, of the finals, it is a best of three, is actually going to be this Friday, um, a couple days from now, as this episode releases. So um, we'll put some more details about specifics in the episode description, but um, it's going to be Friday night, uh, and you know, check check for the specific time, but we'd love to have you come check it out. But um, So yeah, what do you guys think about this crazy like double <laughs> upset to get to the finals? It, it was, cr- I mean, I, unfortunately I couldn't watch either of the semifinals, but I... Uh, you know, I was following along with with chat and whatnot, and I was like, "Well, you know, probably we'll we'll see that the top two seeds, you know, make it because we've this has just been, you know, kind of a chalk tournament uh, in the bracket stages, and uh, you know that'll be an exciting matchup." And then we had the first upset, and I was like, "Oh, wow, okay, so that's the uh, the upset of the tournament, I guess." And then we had the second one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was really I uh, I don't know I mean. As you guys were saying, we went through the whole tournament basically without really any upsets, and then we get two upsets in the last possible chance. Basically, I guess there could have been like a finals upset, which would have been interesting as well. But um, I think this is pretty cool. And shout out to uh, you know everyone involved. Uh, all the guys played super well, and uh, I didn't think we get an upset, but we got one just in time for the finals. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was brutal of us to have all of these be single elimination. And I get that, you know, but we wanted to keep it. Uh, we didn't want this tournament to go on too long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sort of for funsies. So, yep. um, yeah, if you got eliminated, that it really was, you know, I think in a lot of ways a dice roll. Um, you know, everyone played great. The mentors did a great job. Um, and speaking of the mentors, I'm going to pass it over to Axe, who has some mentor statistics for us, uh, yep. as, as promised. We uh, So we have been keeping track of this. And uh, last night before we recorded, I went through and kind of totaled everything up and summarized everything. And so I want to go through uh, some of the highlights. So first off, we had a total of 28 different individuals mentor at some point. Although, I guess it's certainly 27 because I'm counting the dreaded mentorless as one of our mentors. Mm. Which there's only three instances mm-hmm. of yep, right three like, instances three one race out with, of the yeah to- so the total number of matches is 106 and only three of those were up without a mentor so which is a really good stat that's i think so good. yeah that's, that's yeah really good. hats off to all our mentors who uh who did that because i honestly thought we'd have a lot more issues with that but we didn't yeah well, we had issues, but we, we, we overcame them. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, okay. it was often really clutch to get a mentor in in time, or I think a couple of times one of us had to help out, but all in all, still, three out of 106 matches is... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think probably the biggest thing in terms of, like, a lesson learned to take forward on this is that the mentor pool can be pretty big, and people will still have a good chance to, uh, you know, mentor a race you know, and, uh, and contribute because mm-hmm. yeah. we had a, a pretty, uh, kind of top, he- well, yeah, it's a kind of top heavy distribution. We had, uh, a whole lot of people doing <clears throat> one, two, three, uh, races, and then only kind of four or five people that did more than five. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I just want to shout out to those particular individuals right now because, they did more than five races, and we really appreciate that. So that's going to be, and if I butcher anybody's uh, pronunciate, name pronunciation, I really, really apologize. But we had Kern, 
do six races. We had SAGTG do six. We had Frostbite3030 do six. We had ZZ Cube do seven. Dante do seven. Uh, Chisame do six. And Cassidy uh, Moen do the top of the, the line ten. So uh, wow. thank you to all of you for being big, big contributors. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't want, you know, <clears throat> not to say that the people who only did one or two are not valuable. We appreciate, we appreciate them as well. Absolutely. But I, I wanted to give a special shout out to those folks. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Did you guys have any particular stats you were interested in? Well, um, you know, as we as we said before, the we we were gonna try to find the mentor who mentored successfully and their racer won the most. <laughs> so, do you have the stats on you know win loss kind of stuff? I do. Uh, now, I even broke it up by the group stage and knockout stage. Oh, good. That's that's useful. So, let's talk group stage first. So, in group stage, uh, there were only two mentors who got to four wins. Uh, which, considering the high number of matches that we had in the group stage, I think that really speaks to the the nice, even distribution we had there. Um, but those two mentors were, and again, they both tied with four group stage wins, were ZZ Cube and Cassidy Moen. Okay. Okay. In the knockout stage. Yeah, knockout stage is pretty interesting because we had a lot of... Uh, you know, obviously there's not nearly as many matches, so the number of mentors who got one win, at least one win, dropped a lot. There were, uh, let me just count real quick, there were only nine mentors who got at least one win compared to uh, 23 mentors that got at least one win in the group stage. Uh, so the ones who had the most, though, and this is only three wins, so this is not like, again... <clears throat> somebody was really, you know, dominating the field. Things were pretty evenly distributed. And that was Chisame and, again, Cassidy Moen. That's cool. So uh, w- as we look at all of them together, so it's interesting to hear them broken out, but, um, you know, what are, like, the overall stats? All right, so overall. So, again, I, I'm just kind of jumping through. But we had a total of, and I'm counting them right now, Seven runners, or not runners, I'm sorry, seven mentors who went undefeated. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Crazy. So, I'm going to just list all these off. Uh, first one is Oro, uh, which is funny because Oro was actually <laughs> a, yeah. uh, a participant mm-hmm. who uh, graciously stepped in to help out. And so, Oro, even though Oro, you didn't make the finals, you can uh, go out kind of knowing that you uh, were on top of the mentor pyramid. Um, the next one is another person who was a runner, uh, Apotomics, Apotomics, Apomatics, I'm sorry, Apotomics, Apotomics, I'm sorry, also went 1-0, um, so shout outs to them as well, then, uh, now this one is, is kind of funny, and I, uh, it's me. Uh, yeah, it's you. <laughs> Just cut to the chase. It's you, Temp. You went one and zero. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's I guess you know you're uh, you're pretty good at this whole mentor thing and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, my 
runner won. I would have been humiliated if they didn't. But <laughs> um, it really, I mean, it really could have gone either way. Um, it, it, it was it was a close race, and um, we we the the way that we picked things, you know, our routing was was pretty good. We we got lucky um, in that regard for sure. But um, not to discount the execution of uh, BRB. Bumrush Blitz, who uh, is in the finals. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you've got I, the I magic touch. Um, yeah, you so also, I, I, you know, I yeah, wanted to stay impartial, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, uh, it, it, this is what has happened. So you, you also are the only person who only mentored one match who had their win in the knockout stage. Oh. Well, I mean, that makes sense to a certain extent, I guess. But, yeah. um, well, go me, I guess. Um, so we still have a couple more people who went undefeated, and I want to give them their, their credit. We had Dark Shadows 59 go undefeated. And then we also had Thelane, uh, or sorry, not Thelane, spoiler alert, uh, Korik go undefeated. And everybody that I listed so far was just 1-0, so they, they only did one match. Um, but the next two people I want to mention, they did more than one match and still were undefeated. As I kind of hinted at, the uh, Thelane was someone who went 2-0. And we had one more person who went undefeated. Does anybody want to guess who it was? Um, hmm. Is it Cassidy? It is not Cassidy. I don't know. It is Vtorp. Oh. So, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> Vtorp knows all the tricks and secrets being uh, heavily involved in the development. And Vtorp... Vtorp did not just go 2-0. and Vtorp went 3-0 and and had oh, a win wow. in the knockout stage. So, uh, Vtorp, excellent job, man. That's that's impressive. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we had said is we were going to invite the person that has, the, the mentor that has the most wins onto the show. Well, spoiler though, Vtorp does not have the most wins. So this is, oh. I just wanted to highlight the undefeated people. There were, there was, however... One person who, in terms of total wins, is well above that three-win mark. Okay. And uh, I'm just going to go through the the top three. So, tying for third place with four wins are ZZ Cube and Dante. And again, you know, we still have three matches left, so things can can change here in these rankings, but... uh, Mm -hmm. ZZ Cube and Dante, both with Z- four Z- wins. Is it ZZZ Cube? Oh, sorry. ZZZ. <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry. You can uh, you can laugh at me in the, the comments. Um, so, yeah, so they both went uh, four and three. So, for seven total matches. Shout-outs to both of them. Then in second place right now is Chisame, who went five and one. So, oh, that's, that's really good. impressive. Yeah, that's really good, yeah. And then in first place right now, um, again, this is before the finals, is Cassidy Moen, who went 7-3. and three. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's pretty impressive as well. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I think a, a, the, the uh, list of mentors who participated in, in, you know, mentoring the most people and the ones that have the most wins seem to be pretty consistent. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know. If you participate more, then you know you're going to be yeah. successful more. Yep, I think obviously. that's a great, and that's yeah, why I wanted to, uh, to highlight yeah. the folks who uh, who went undefeated because some of those, you know, otherwise I would just be talking about sort of those top four folks um, over and over again because they just mentored the most. But you mm-hmm. know, there are a lot of other people who 
were successful, and I want to celebrate, uh, you know, everybody. I think looking at the stats here, there is something for everybody to feel proud of and happy about. And I'm uh, I uploaded it to our personal kind of Google Drive, and I, I'm sure if uh, you know the other hosts agree, we can share this with everybody at the end of the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get that put together for you and share it so you guys can pour through that data. And thank you, Axe, for compiling all of that for us. That was well, intriguing. It's, mm-hmm. it's what I do, so I'm, I'm glad to uh, provide that for everybody. And <laughs> I hope that you guys enjoyed the kind of mentor stat breakdown. Nice. I know I did. All right. Well, let's move it along. Um, next up, this is one of those things that uh, it was announced like right after we recorded the episode. Uh, and it was like, I was trying to decide if I was going to like edit in something about it and ended up not doing it. But, uh, so for, uh, it's been about a couple weeks since this has been going on, but the speed gaming live 2019 qualifiers are underway. Um, these are qualifiers that are designed to help seed the in-person tournament that's going to be happening at speed gaming live, um, in the DC area in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's very similar in construction. We'll, we'll link in the description the document um, uh, that sort of talks about it. But it's very similar to the way they did the main tournament uh, qualifiers, uh, the, the last one, the fall 2018, I guess, tournament. Um, so it's interesting that they're, that they're doing it that way. It's kind of, to me, sort of says that that seemed to work pretty well in terms of seating. And, and they feel pretty good about that, you know put out so so to briefly just explain it you there's 20 qualifiers that are all different days and times of days to try to accommodate for a lot of different time zones and people's schedules and things and you you have to participate in five of them um and uh your lowest and your highest scores are dropped so they take those middle three uh and then average them and then they compare them against the top three placements uh in each of your races to see how far behind them you were um to see like sort of how many points you get more or less and that gives everyone a rating and they're going to seed uh the top i'm not sure how many they're seeding exactly but they're going to seed it might even just be the top three i'll 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 check that and confirm here in a second but um they are using that method to seed people. Um, so that's cool. But there has been a little bit of conversation in some of these discords about um, the fact that these qualifiers are open to everybody, including people that have no plan to attend whatsoever. But it sort of complicates things that the uh, one of the reasons you want to try to be seated high is if you do, you know, if you, I think like top three are getting a little bit of reimbursement for their travel and for their hotel room to get there. So that means that theoretically there are people who are participating in these qualifiers that maybe, you know, for whatever reason couldn't afford to go, but they're hoping to get a top placement so they can get flown out there, which is totally reasonable. But it's going to probably skew the way that, you know, the stats come in when they're compiling all of these because there are so many people that might play really, really well, but then they get like fourth or fifth. And now someone else wasn't able to, you know, claim that seed because uh, someone that, you know, isn't intending on going, you know, placed there like that. So um, it's it's not a huge deal. It's just something people have kind of been, you know, tossing back and forth. And I, I was interested to get your guys' opinions on um, you know, this, uh, these qualifiers and, you know, what are your thoughts? Herf, let's start with you. Obviously you, you're very close to this. Yeah. So, um, so the admin kind of explanation of the whole thing that I don't necessarily agree with, but also don't necessarily disagree with <laughs> very diplomatic, I know, but, 
Um, the, the explanation kind of is, so we want, or the admins want to find the people that are the best for this current thing. That's what the qualifiers are. You're trying to do your best. And the more people you have participating in them, the more, you know, data... The more likely you, you are to find the best person. Yeah, and the more data you get to compare everything to. And, you know, it just makes the whole data set more valuable if you have more data points in it. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to have people who have maybe no intention of going be participating in this as well. But I totally also see the other side, you know, when you think about it, uh, as you said, there's five qualifiers you have to participate in. If you're limited by time zone, you can maybe only participate in like seven of them in total time zone wise that will be available to you. And then if in one or two of them, some guy plays in them and like God routes the seat and places first and has like an, an insane time and you coming kind of low because you routed badly whatever it was in your day, then one of your results is going to be maybe not the worst one that gets eliminated, but a really bad one that pulls your score down, and it's caused by someone who has no intention of even going there. So, you know, it really only matters in the end uh, for seeding purposes, which, you know, could be important to some people, but I think, yeah, it's not the end of the world. But if it you know, affects who gets their flights and hotel rooms compensated, especially for people from Europe or something, then, you know, people get a little bit touchy about it, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, we say this all the time, it's like everyone's doing their best. You know, there, there's never going to be a perfect way to do this. And something we experienced firsthand putting together the mentor tournament, it's like sometimes you have to make a decision that's going to make somebody... It's, it's it's gonna make somebody mad or it's not it's mm-hmm. gonna benefit somebody but not somebody else and, and you just sort of have to try to pick the one that's the most diplomatic and hurts the least amount of people and you know uh, it just kind of is what it is I, I don't you know I, I I understand it I don't I don't begrudge them for for doing it the way they're doing it X what do you think yeah I, I'm kind of with herf on this and having the, a really diplomatic take because I think it's hard to balance you know, all these different competing interests it's um i just you know it's really hard to come up with something that you don't have somebody somewhere feeling a little miffed and i think the way it's set up now is is probably the best for the community at large because that way at least everybody can can play and you don't have to kind of commit to going before you even have to, you know, figured out if you're in or not. I feel like if you restrict it down to just people who are like, yes, I'm definitely going to go, you know, no matter what, then, you know, like, for example, you already had to have bought a ticket uh, or a hotel room or whatnot. Uh, and I just feel like that might have really restricted the pool down. And there might be people who are on the borderline about going who don't really want to say, well, like, I don't want to go if I'm not going to play. And that would discourage, you know, them from, from participating. So it's, it's a hard thing to balance. I, I think if they had chosen a different path too, they would be getting a little criticism on that. Um, so yeah, it's, um, you know, hopefully what I would hope would happen is if someone does come in one of those top three places and is unable to go, that they are able to 
you know, give those funds to the next person in line. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's 100% going to happen. If if someone scores highly enough to score in one of the top three places and they can't go, it'll go to the next person in line. That's for sure. So, you know, that that is kind of safe. It's just people are worried about people who mess up one or two qualifiers they play in and then it drags down their scores overall because those people that scored higher than them had no intention of going in the first place. Yeah. Um, and so one thing that is sort of interesting that is a result of this is we do have, um, th- th- they are releasing all the results of all these qualifiers. So I actually have up right now, um, the qualifier results of each of these, and it seems to be updating as, you know, new races are raced. So if you're interested to see, you know, how things are shaken out, um, you know, spoiler alert, as of this recording, Andy is number one. Um, Act of Boker, ranked number two, uh, and then number three is uh, actually a name I haven't seen before, Lunchtime underscore ATH. So um, that's where we are right now. But uh, I'll go ahead and link that uh, and, and check that out. That looks like, you know, just as they had hoped, they're sort of the best of the best coming out to participate in this. So um, that's cool to see at the very least, uh, regardless of kind of your thoughts on the politics of it, you know, so... We'll keep you updated on that. Um, any final thoughts on this before we move on? No, I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. Cool. All right. Uh, next up, the Racing Council that we mentioned a few episodes ago. Um, that has been set. So congratulations and shout-outs to the 20 folks who are a part of that Racing Council. Um, I don't think there's really too much to report other than the fact that it has been decided. Those names have been released um, we'll link that up in the description for you so you can check that out and uh, congratulate those folks if you know any of them. Um, but yeah, I, I, there haven't been any like, you know, uh, decisions or announcements as far as I'm aware. Um, you know, the, you know, they haven't ruled on anything. Uh, we will, of course, let you know if and when they do that. But um, yeah, that that's done. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts? No, I think uh, it's a group of great people as far as I can see. Uh, don't really have a problem with any of them, uh, and yeah. uh, I hope they do their job. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I sent congrats to all of the council members that I know, and I, like her saying, I think everybody they picked is a great person and a, a pretty smart person who uh, you know is sober and kind of takes decisions pretty seriously. And I'm I have full faith and confidence that they are going to make the right calls for the community. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Uh, and then the last thing I want to mention, uh, just because it's it's like the most newsy sort of news. Like I feel like, uh, as we all know, V31 isn't on the horizon. It's going to be launched soon, like maybe even any day now. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it dropped like next week. Um, but it, it seems to be very close. Uh, there was a tweet from Andy uh, that I saw uh, recently saying that he had streamed himself playing two V31 seeds. Um, mentioning that he was going to upload those to YouTube. So if he has done so, I will link those in the description. If you want to see somebody playing through V31, um, you can do that. I also found um, a document. If you go to the ALTTPR Discord, there's actually a V31 channel there where um, you know Vtorp and Christos are, are talking about their development. People are asking questions. And uh, in the description is a document, a, a Word document or uh <laughs> Word document. What what do they call it? Uh, just a, a doc, right? A Google doc. There yeah, you Google go. Doc, I, yeah. I just don't know why I couldn't think of that for a second. 
uh, there's a Google Doc that goes through pretty much all of the upcoming changes for V31. Um, now, I don't want to just read them all out to you. Um, I sort of summarized them, but, uh, you know, I sort of want to save talking about V31 for when it comes out. Uh, but if you want a sneak preview, uh, check the link in the description. We will link that up and, um, we, you know, you can get an idea of sort of what's on the horizon. The biggest things, I'll just go through these real quick. Um, they are adding a way to customize so that you can, um, you can change the item shuffle in dungeons. So right now there's key sanity, which essentially does that. It takes the maps and compasses and small keys and big keys from dungeons and puts them in the main item pool. Um, whereas a normal rando, those four types of items stay in the dungeon. Well, now they're getting rid of what they're calling key sanity, although you can still play that mode, but now it's called uh, full shuffle. So that is exactly what it sounds like. You're shuffling all of the items, regardless of whether they were in a certain dungeon or not. And of course, it'll always still be, you know, within logic or within whatever logic you set, um, NMG or glitch, overworld glitches, whatever. Um, but they, so the, and the reason they did this is because now you can kind of further customize that so that you can do just maps and compasses get shuffled, but keys stay or just big keys go out, but everything else stays within the dungeon. So you can kind of play with those variations of shuffles to, you know, create some, essentially some new modes. So be interested to see, you know, how, how the community, um, you know, takes to those. Um, so, so that's kind of cool. Um, let's see another one here. Uh, they are trying to introduce a new easy mode. Um, before easy, you know, it would give you extra, you know, um, it would make sword upgrades a little easier to find mail upgrades, um, you know, things like that. Um, it, more like execution based kind of. Now they're trying to make it they're, they're trying to institute a way within the logic to not ask the randomizer player to do anything too difficult in their routing. So they're, they're changing the filler so that it doesn't give you something that sucks like a blue cane landmolus or something like that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So that'll be really and, – and they list, they list some examples. I won't go into them, but um, they, they're trying to modify the filler so that it doesn't give you like a super hard like bullcrap seed, which is I think is, is kind of neat. So, And I think they're doing the same thing for hard actually too. They're, try, they're doing another one that's the opposite that will make you have to do, you know, some maybe some glitches and, and things like that in order to get through. Um, so that'll be cool. Um, and then we've mentioned this before, um, they're changing up the goals. So, you know, if you want to only collect three crystals and then Ganon's Tower opens, you can. Or if you don't want to do Ganon's Tower, you can just totally skip Ganon's Tower and go straight to Ganon after you collect your seventh crystal. So, um, I think that will probably be what we see the most adaptation of, um, and the most people kind of using and playing and, and, um, racing each other personally, just because it allows for shorter seeds. Um, but... I think well, that is pretty much it. Oh, Herb's got Herb's got something. <laughs> what do you got, Herb? I was just gonna say it. It sounds like it allows for shorter seats, but at least in theory. But I'm predicting that a lot of these seats where people are like, "Huh, I'm just gonna need three crystals and not go through GT," will be super crazy because all the needed items will be like in GT or in a dungeon that you don't want to go to or some other stuff. Oh, that would be interesting. Where no, I'm I'm glad you said that because there actually is a new thing they're introducing in V31, uh, Ganon's Tower Junk Fill. This is a way to try to make it not every time, but usually 
so that the items that you need don't end up in Ganon's tower if Ganon's tower is not part of the goal. Okay. So well, they're that's... trying to they're trying to do something about it. Okay, that's a so. good way to at least counter that partially. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I, I did want to mention that. It's, it's interesting. You know, anytime they talk about changing the filler logic, I think that's, like, worth raising an eyebrow over and being like, oh, that's well, that's mm-hmm. that's something to keep your eye on for sure, you know. So. Oh, and hints can be toggled on and off. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd like that. And that's <laughs> also something else uh, that goes back to the speed gaming thing. Um, for all of those qualifiers, I forgot to mention, um, hints are turned off for those. Because they're anticipating V31 not really using them anymore, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm extremely excited about it, and surprisingly, I had nothing to do with that decision. I just woke <laughs> up one morning and I read through the document, and I saw that they turned hints off, and I was like, guys, I just wanted to say thank you. My job here is done. I'll have nothing else to do with this, but hints are off. I'm I'm done. I can. I go wouldn't say you had now. nothing. I wouldn't say you had nothing to do with it because you've been. Ex- Expressing your discontent on this show for the last year. <laughs> I mean, people do listen to the show. You know that. Yeah, I so. guess. I mean, maybe uh, I'm an influencer now. Yeah, yeah you're an influencer. Exactly. You're a oh, rando boy. influencer. Well, yeah, I deal mean, with it. I hope the sponsors come knocking at my door. That's all I can say. <laughs> Same. You and me. You and me mm-hmm. both, buddy. Um, okay. Any more thoughts about V31? Like I said, we'll get more in depth when it comes out because all of these obviously are subject to change. But a um, little peek at what's on the horizon. What do you guys? You guys think that that's that's good? We can move on. Yeah, yeah. I just. I mean, I think all in all, it sounds very interesting. It sounds like uh, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, change to Rando as we know it in a way. Not not really the game itself, but just how how you know kind of detail you can get and how you create your seed so I'm, I'm really curious to see if they can get everything in that they've planned how well everything works together and uh yeah how how, how it'll turn out basically yeah well uh then in that case i guess it's time for us to get to our features so uh all right so, like I said, we wanted to bring something to you uh, for, you know, in, in celebration of, of one year. And I was, you know, trying, we were, we were trying for a while to think of what that was going to be. And I thought about how when I listen to podcasts, especially if it's, you know, if I'm 20 some episodes in, you know, you hear these people talking to you all the time. And you start to wonder about them. You're like, oh, what, what, what is that person's deal? You know, what's their life like? What, what are they into? And I um, thought this could be a good opportunity for us to use a randomizer Sort of, sort of stay on topic with the rando thing. Um, and what we've done is is compiled a list of 40 questions here between the three of us. And they are ranging from all topics. Uh, things about us just as human beings, uh, our lives, things about our you know video game preferences, uh, a lot of randomizer-specific questions about us. Um, so we're basically just going to take, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, something like that, and mm-hmm. just... Go, go through as many of these questions as, as we can stand and, and learn a little bit about each other. And, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's our plan. Hey, so. hey Tim, in the honor yeah. of it being, uh, you know, randomizer, I can uh, code up for us real quick a, uh, a random seed generator if we want to use that to pick the uh, questions. Yeah, go for it. All that right. sounds great. Give me one second. All right. So I have a random number generator set up that will generate a random number 
between 1 and 40. So, uh, I, I guess, are we going to take turns asking the questions? Um, yeah, I think we, it should, we should take turns uh, in terms of like who answers first, second, third. All right. Uh, well, I will start the randomizer. So uh, I'll, answer, I'll answer the first question. Okay. Question number 25. Talk to us about movies. Oh man, what that's a not weird... a question. <laughs> yeah, what a weird one to start on too. The, the movies. Um, let's see. Well, to be honest, I I'm more of a TV watcher than movies. There's a lot of shows that I'm really into. Um, movies, I don't really have the attention span a lot of times to sit through an entire movie and like just like really take it take it all in. Um, but I did a couple weeks ago go to see the new uh, the new Tarantino flick. Um, as I like to say, yeah, and it was mm-hmm. it was pretty good. It was obviously weird, just like most of his movies are in in their weird sort of way. Um, but there were a lot of uh, you know great scenes, and, and the writing was good, and um, you know I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. Um, and I'm trying to think of like my favorite movie. Um, my favorite comedy is a movie that came out called uh, in like the late two thousands called Role Models. Um, it's Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott. I, I find it just insanely funny. It just gets me every single time. Um, and favorite dramatic movie? I hate to be lame, but I'm going to say like, <laughs> oh man, I, this is embarrassing. I'll probably say like The Matrix. I really like that movie. <laughs> hey, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, at least the it's the first one. The first one's really a good movie. The first one, yeah, it's a good movie. It's really it, a good movie. People give it, it sh- but it really is a good movie. It's good. Yeah, it came on uh, the day of my wedding um, when my it was myself and all of my grooms when we were hanging on. We were, we were just like hanging out or whatever, and it, it came on mm-hmm. um, in the house we were in. And yeah, it's it's it holds up, man. It's a good movie. It really right. does. Like the first one, really is a good movie. I'm not kidding. Like it's it's it holds up surprisingly well, and it's still a fun watch the other two yeah yeah oh no they're yeah yeah, they don't hold up at all i don't think but um all right herf what about you talk to us about movies all right well hmm, movies uh i i've turned into a bit of a tv watcher as you were explaining before like i have the same problem that like at, at this point in my life i can't really sit down and watch a whole movie very seldomly i will go to the movie theater most of my stuff is consumed at home Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think my two favorite movies, if I had to name them, my second favorite movie is definitely The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Because I'm just a massive Jeff Bridges fan. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's such a good movie. There's, it gets me every time, and it's it's always great. It's a great yeah. movie. That's a good and, pick. I like that movie. Uh, my favorite movie of all times is probably John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, from like nineteen eighty-eight or something like that, and probably earlier than that. Yeah, that is that is a scary movie, uh, and it's so good. It has like the best practical effects that you've ever seen. It still holds up great today, and it's so creepy and well done. It is really good. Everybody, go watch it for Halloween. It, last Halloween, I was trying to watch it, and I happened to mention. I just like popped into the Discord one day, and I was like. Oh yeah, I've been trying. I've always heard good things about the movie The Thing, and I'm trying to watch it. And you were like, "Oh my god!" You you were like, "I can tell you everything there is to know about this movie." And I was like, "Whoa!" So we stumbled across your favorite movie just like purely by accident. Yeah, and I still really, haven't seen it because I couldn't find it anywhere. So it's, uh, this it, this Halloween, I'll definitely watch. It. Yeah, definitely, it's so worth it, and not only for all the like gore and crazy practical effects that it has, but the what really. It, 
makes the movie is the psychological horror behind it. But uh, yeah, isn't there everyone... a new game that that came out not too long ago that's supposed to be like kind of like you're in the thing? Uh, if there is, I haven't heard about it. Maybe that sounds okay. spooky. Yeah, like dying light or something like that, or like dead by daylight. Or something. Oh yeah, those sound familiar. I don't. They're kind of like they all kind of blend together in my head as zombie games or something. Yeah, hit us up in the Discord if you know what we're talking about. Help <laughs> us out here. <laughs> dead by daylight might not be the game I'm thinking of, but I could have swore there was one where you're like basically in like Antarctica in a science lab. I don't know. This is probably really frustrating to listen to because I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Axe, go ahead and tell us about movies. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I've been trying to think because I'm kind of like you two. I don't see many movies these days, but I do have a pretty substantial DVD slash Blu-ray collection that's a lot of stuff in the 90s and 2000s and early mm-hmm. 2010s before streaming took off. And uh, it is really hard for me to pick a favorite. So I'm just going to... I'm going to list a couple. So Memento, which is like Christopher Nolan's oh, I love that first movie. like real movie. Yeah, that's Count a good Pi. Uh, yeah. Really, really good. Um, and if you don't know the premise, it's about a guy who uh, has interior grade amnesia, which means he can't make new memories. And the actual structure of the film is created to kind of give the audience amnesia. It's very cool. Yeah, half the movie's forward, and then half the movie's backwards, and then it meets in the middle at the end of the movie. It's so cool. And you'll get very confused and have <laughs> yeah. no idea what's going on. It's, I've seen it's that great. movie. That used to be my favorite movie, actually, now that you mention that. I've probably seen it like eight or ten times. Um, and then another really cool movie that I'll mention, and this is just because it's it's kind of indie. Uh, well, it started that way. I don't know if it is now, but uh, Primer is a really good movie about uh, time travel. I don't know if either of you have seen it, but I have not heard of that. That movie, yeah. uh, unless you're Axe, you're probably not going to understand <laughs> what the heck is going on. Because unless you have like a, a massive like math with a wizard brain that understands all the stuff, it's real confusing. Yeah, I've my, my fiance that. and I watched it and she was like, what happened? Yep. <laughs> Uh, I, wanna, I gotta check this out. You should check it out. It's a really good it's movie. Really cool. I watched like a 25 minute YouTube video uh, explaining how the time travel in it works. Not maybe not even a week ago. I just you know YouTube just recommended it to me, and I watched it and I was like, all right, I still don't really understand it. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a funny XKCD comic about um, like okay, like here's you know the timelines and like Back to the Future. And here's the timelines in, like, Terminator. And, like, they're getting slightly more complicated. And they're like, here's the timeline in Primer. And it's this, like, 50-line monstrosity. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. Herf, that's I, crazy that you uh, you were, like, just last week happened to be watching a video about that. And it, it's, it's one of Axe's favorite movies. Yeah. it's yeah. Uh, I like confusing, like, media that is intentionally confusing or kind of lies to you. Um, yeah. Just because I find it intriguing intriguing oh man we both said intriguing that's crazy <laughs> that's so random and speaking yeah, of random boy. <laughs> um who let's say um her full answer first uh, yeah i'll go first this time. all right okay. uh random number generator 27 wait 27 that's like the almost next no question oh okay. okay so i guess we're oh, talking about music now <laughs> yeah mm, okay music is kind of a complicated thing with me because i can't really 
specify like i'm not like yeah i really like listening to rock music and that's it so, <laughs> you know, i would think you were a robot if you said something yeah like that. that's yeah probably i think everyone is kind of like that but yeah uh i i used to okay let's maybe approach it this way um i grew up on my parents really not being very like super hardcore into music like both of them just listened to whatever came on the radio and i never really noticed them listening to anything specific and then i got really into heavy metal so i was a huge metal head for most of my teens <clears throat> uh, then it kind of turned into punk and nowadays i just i don't know i kind of like everything a little bit there's nothing really that I fully despise, except for maybe, you know, like traditional folk music, like Bavarian Lederhosen, <laughs> friggin', you know. Uh. If you play that to me, I'm like, ah. Oh. It doesn't have a special really? place in your heart. So, no, so I if mean, not a polka fan, you will not uh, I mean, maybe a little bit, just because I've, you know, with all the, like, fairs and stuff that I used to sure. go to as a kid, and it, it, that's just the music that plays there all the time. Sure. So it yeah. kind of, you know, I've kind of grown up with it, but uh, if I had, if you ask me for my favorite band, it will probably be hard to answer, but I would probably say Queens of the Stone Age. Mm. Mm. Okay. So nice. that's kind of the music I'm at. I feel like I'm learning so much about both of you. This, <laughs> why didn't we do this sooner? Oh, man. <laughs> All uh, right, Hex, talk to us about music. Yeah. Uh, so this is a... Uh, a little embarrassing, but in high school, I was a super, super, like, into, like, emo kid, where I had, like, the painted black fingernails, and, like, I would straighten Hell my yeah, hair dude. and dye it black. <laughs> Hell yeah. um, oh, man, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, so that was, that was me. Um, and then I, you know, I got, like, super ironic and aloof, and, you know, would wear ironic t-shirts and listen to, like, you know, the Decemberists and... Uh, you know, Death Cab for Cutie and stuff, but, um, yeah, I don't know, basically, I would say my favorite band is, uh, Code and Cambria, which should not be surprising, because I'm a super dork who likes a sci-fi concept band that plays songs that last ten minutes, but yeah. they are awesome in concert, I think I've seen them, like, six times now, and, uh, you know, the band, they're all, like, really nice dudes, and, um, they are also, you know, super dorks who are talking about how they're like, yeah, we're we're playing like Breath of the Wild in the the tour bus, uh, and it's really cool. Nice. So they're mm -hmm. uh, they speak to my inner nerd. <laughs> nice. Um, oh my god, how am I supposed to talk? Uh, so music is like probably a good forty percent of my life. Uh, I was a huge band nerd growing up in high school. I went to college for music i did graduated with a degree in music composition um i write music part-time for marching bands um really just one right now but um so like i my when i think about music you know i think a lot of people when they hear that question you know to talk about music they're talking about like bands that they like and like a normal person does but when i hear that question like it's just such a huge part of my life i don't i almost don't even know where to begin but but when it comes to stuff that i do like to listen to um I, I try to try to appreciate everything. Um, the one thing I really can't 
get behind his country music. It just grates on my ears. I, I feel like it's so pandery and just I, I that's like the one music that I can't get behind. But literally Wait, everything Herb, else. You or, or, Stamp, you don't like that twang? No. <laughs> no. Well, the twang's fine. I, so I, I live in the South. Like I, I encounter people with Southern accents all the time. But it's when you start singing it and, and it's like the same four chords over and over. I just, I can't. I just can't with it. Um, but you know, it's cool if you, if you like it. Um, but in terms of music I do listen to, I mean, I guess a lot of like, um, it's, I almost just want to say like indie, even though that's totally not a genre, but you know, like stuff that's popular. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be. And stuff in that vein, stuff that's popular on Spotify. Um, you know, like the, um, my, my wife is, is like really good about like following the new bands and she, you know, we listen to music a lot and I'll hear songs that I like, but I don't bother to like figure out who the band is, but, um, like anything that's sort of in like a chill wave kind of vibe, you know, that's just Mm -hmm. like a a little bit of electronics and kind of a nice beat to it, but nothing like that goes too terribly hard. Um, that said, uh, you know, growing up and even today, I'm, I'm like a huge Metallica fan too. So like, I don't know, like it's just sort of all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, one thing yeah. that did pop into my head is last winter I was watching uh, Power Up with Pride, which for those who don't know, that is a kind of speedrunning marathon to uh, benefit the LGBT community. And it's really cool, but they had this awesome, just like jazzy, chill, like hip hop music that they would play in between runners. Yeah. And I really liked that. And so I guess that's what I'm into now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, like Pat Metheny is a like classic kind of name to hear thrown around. It's just like instrumental music that sort of has a jazz kind of element to it. Um, and on that note, I'll and I'll I'll end this here. Um, the One Ups probably I would have to say are my favorite band, and that always totally shocks and surprises anyone who doesn't know me from online um, because you know that's it's such an obscure, weird like it's a video game music cover band. Um, but but like, using yeah, like traditional like music like the composition. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it, they use, you know, the compositions from the games, they, they sometimes it's a really, you know, one to one kind of arrangement that they do. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that song. Sometimes it's like they take a melody and they put it in a different key and they slow it down, and speed it up. And it's like, you can't even tell it was that original song, you know, if you didn't, if you hadn't played that game as a kid, essentially. So um, they're really incredible musicians. That's what I love about them. They, they, uh, they can all solo and, and improvise and they're just they're really good so so everyone please go check them out if you ever come to my stream i'm probably playing them um i'm probably playing their music so yeah, yeah and with, like with the, that super long answer yeah, yeah that's i like their the booster answer. tower cover oh yeah and that's not that's actually sort of a deep cut for them too it's not on any of their albums so yeah. um, anyway all right so let's do more questions all right moving on all right next random number generated is 10 that's for you x all right, I will ask myself, what is the last video game I beat? <laughs> uh, this is kind of funny because uh, I beat it last night. I uh, don't know if anybody out there is a big Half-Life fan, but I am. And uh, Black Mesa, which is a remake of Half-Life 1, which has been in development for pretty much 15 years, is finally basically saying, hey, our the last levels that we've been working on for six years are coming out um, at the end of the summer. So in kind of celebration and in excitement for that, in my uh, what little spare time I have, I've been replaying the Half-Life series, and I just beat Half-Life 2 last night. So that's it for Congrats. me. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it, uh, 
it doesn't hold up quite as well as I thought. It uh, has a lot of bugs and issues that I'm not used to, but uh, it's still a great game. Nice. Um, for me, so I have this problem where I start games, I play like the majority of them, and I just like never finish them. I kind of like fall off, and to a certain mm-hmm. extent, I don't want them to end, you know. So I just kind of like drift away from them, which is uh, not great. You know, I should commit to more games. But the last one I can remember beating was a few months ago, and that was Horizon Zero Dawn, which is Ooh. a really great game. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a really good game. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that one. Um, and uh, there's a different question for like what we're playing right now, so I won't I won't talk I won't speak to that right now. But um, yeah, I guess that was the last one. All right. Well, for me, it was. Uh... The one before, so I'll say my last two, because uh, the one that I beat last was Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is the new, like, Egovania kind of, yeah, the kind of, I thought it was great, people complain about it a lot, it wasn't perfect, but I, I had a lot of fun with it, and I, I think I got most of it completed, I'm not sure if I really 100%ed it, but I got most of it. And then what I finished just earlier today, since I'm a little bit of a, a little bit ahead time wise, uh, I finished today Metal Wolf Chaos XD Ooh. on uh, Steam, and that was a lot of fun. It uh, sadly it didn't hold up as well as I remembered it, but it was still a lot of fun to play. So since you beat that game, you actually are an American now. I don't know if you knew that. But <laughs> oh, is that American. right? So, yeah, okay, thanks. I'll be expecting yeah. my green card in the mail. Cool. Um, all right. Yeah, everyone at least go Google image that game because it's, it's absolutely outrageous. You play as the president of the United States. Um, in it's, a it's, mech suit. Yeah, in it's, a mech suit. It's, it's crazy. It's silly. Yeah. Um, what, where are we at? Are we new, new question? New question. Yeah, new question, okay. and uh, your turn, Tim. I start. Okay. Number 30. 30. Any video game character can exist in real life. Who is it and why? The president from Metal Wolf Chaos. <laughs> next, next question. Okay, yep. I think uh, I mean, we can I, honestly, one. Like, honest to God, I, the more I think about it, that is my answer. That is absolutely 100% my answer. So... All right, who's okay. up next? No, I guess uh, it's me. Yeah. Uh, let me think. I read this question earlier. Like, I skimmed the list shortly. I didn't want to spoil myself on all the questions, but I, I stumbled upon this one earlier, and, and I've kind of been thinking ever since, and I really, I really don't know. There's so many great video game characters, but I'm like, you know, if any of those existed in real life, my and especially if they had anything to do with my life, my life would probably be in horrible shambles and I would most likely be dead or shortly before being dead I just, in some I keep way. Thinking of P- I keep thinking of Pikachu as you're saying this for some reason. Yeah, like, you know, oh, like so if that guy just, like, I know we just had the Detective Pikachu movie, but if I randomly stumbled upon a Pikachu, it would probably electrocute me immediately and I would die of heart failure in like 10 seconds. So, you know, I was like, well, Travis Touchdown from No More Heroes is a pretty cool guy but imagine that guy running around with me at work and i'd be like yeah okay goodbye job i don't who, who said they have to be with you at all times this is that's I, I so like crazy that. to me that that's how you're i know like, they it's have just, to be with you at all times i i don't know i feel like i mean sure uh maybe link could exist somewhere in america but how would that affect me i feel like this question means how you know if you could choose to have one video game character with you in real life mm. I guess that's how I interpreted this one. 
<laughs> um, do you want to think about it a little bit more, and, and we'll see what yeah, Axe says? Yeah, if Axe has an answer, go okay. ahead. I'll, I'll think about it some more. Um, well, so I had an answer, but now I'm thinking about the they have to be with you all the time circulation. <laughs> yeah, that's see? Not, that's not part of it. Nope, <laughs> I, never I, part of I it. love that. Um, and so I'm like trying to think, because my original answer was going to be Samus, and that we'd like somehow find out about all of her adventures, and she'd just be like, no, I'm just... I'm just hanging out now. I'm Retired. like six foot five, and uh, you know, I, I like kickbox. <laughs> yeah, that'd be um, pretty cool. I can agree with that. But um, if they have to be with me all the time, like <laughs> she couldn't live at my house. I don't think my fiance would like that. <laughs> yeah, see, um, it starts getting complicated. So I think I got to go with like a Pokemon because, like, okay. I, I, that that could work. But I'm with her on Pikachu. I don't think Pikachu would like me. So uh, I'm gonna go with a. Uh, a Squirtle. Ooh, uh, actually, nice. no. Better Charmander because I could use Charmander Ooh. to like you know if I go out camping, I don't have to bring like matches or a lighter with me anymore. I can just be like, you're, "Yo, Charmander, get that fire going." You're gonna burn your freaking apartment down, dude. <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> um, okay, okay. I, I have a good answer now. Right. Even though it will probably be equally as deadly if he was with me all the time, it will be it would have to be Kiryu Kazuma from the Yakuza series. Because oh, that guy's just the baddest who can kick anyone's ass, so I wouldn't yeah. feel too bad about him being with me all the time. Sweet, nice. That's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next. All right. Number 19. What is your favorite song in ALTTP? All right, that's an easy answer for me. It is the song that you barely get to hear in The Lost Woods. Mm. Oh, yeah, I love that one. The Lost Woods music is so good. Mm-hmm. It is. I, uh, that's a, good a close second I have to mention before I pass this one on is the dark um, Death Mountain theme that you only hear if you don't <sighs> have the Moon Pearl yet. The, the I'm funny sorry. Theme. Yeah, it's so good. I love that. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. Um, when I was a kid playing it, I would like kind of dawdle in Dark Death Mountain just so I could listen to it longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I would. I did too. That's a good answer. Um, is it me next? Yeah, it is. Okay. Gosh, yeah, this is tough. Um, I love the bunny theme. Uh, in fact, that would prob that's probably my number one if I'm being honest with myself. Um, the, I think the the Lost Woods theme is is really great too. I, I, I remember really liking that one as a kid as well. Um, and for something a little different, I guess that hasn't been mentioned. Um, I like the uh, shop theme, or no, the uh, like the game theme, the mini game um, theme. Yeah. Oh, that... yeah, and not the beginning of it, uh, but like the second half of it is like it's got like this weird piano kind of part. It's it's cool. I like I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Wait, Axe, did you say oh, yours? I did. Yours Kirk is the bunny mine. theme. It was okay. the dark, cool. It was, no, it was the Dark Death Mountain theme. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, I came back with number one. Oh. Uh, what is your earliest memory of playing A Link to the Past? Uh, and I think this is me, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. So I actually remember this really, really distinctly. So I went to the mall with my mom, and I had like... 50 bucks or something like in my savings and i was like i really want to get a game for the nintendo and she was like uh i don't know like you should save your money blah 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 and i was a very persistent and uh whiny child and so she was like (laughs) okay fine Mm -hmm. and i had like i think i really wanted to get some game that was like really terrible uh but they didn't have any copies of it at um 
I think it was like KB Toys that I went to. Oh, yeah, KB um, Toys, man. That's a throwback. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well, like I got to get something else. And they had Link to the Past, and I looked at it in the box. I was like, this box looks really stupid. But then I like flipped it over the back, <laughs> and I looked at the like the you know screenshots on the back. I was like, oh, okay, this looks kind of cool. And there's like a sword. All right, yeah, I'll get that one. And so I got it and brought it home. It was like, oh my god, yeah. this is amazing. How old were you? <laughs> I I actually think I can figure this out pretty accurately. I think I was eight. Or, yeah. Yeah, I think I was eight. Because nice. I was ten when I got my an N sixty four. No, actually, I think I'm, maybe I was nine. I was either eight or nine. Um, is it me? Yes. I think it's you, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a pretty distinct memory of this, too. I remember being at my house growing up uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, and it, I was, I think, seven or eight. Um, but the game had just come out a couple years prior. And uh, I was on the phone with my cousin trying to get through Swamp Palace. Um and like I just it's just one of these things that just like sticks in your head. I have this like such a clear memory of being on the phone with him uh, and trying to get through the part uh, basically like left side swamp where there's the blocks that are in like a Y position and like trying to figure out how to get past that like array of blocks um, and then realizing you couldn't push them but then you had to like raise the water and you could like swim over them. I guess that's earlier in Swamp Palace that you do that, but. Um, yeah, trying to get through Swamp Palace as a dumb kid, uh, having my cousin who had already beat the game pretty much walk me through like screen by screen. That's my first memory of the game. <laughs> That's pretty good. And then him being really impressed when I finally came back and got all of the, I found all the heart pieces or whatever. He was like, you, you definitely don't have 20. And I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, whoa, oh crap. That's awesome. So that was a few years afterwards, but anyway. All right. What about you, Herf? Well, uh, I don't really, like my first memory of playing Link to the Past isn't that exciting. I, I have to start a little bit earlier because I'm a little bit older than you guys, I guess. <laughs> but I remember playing the first Zelda on my NES, and I had, uh, when I still obviously lived with my parents, I was like seven or eight at the time I had the NES. Uh, I had a neighbor uh, who was exactly five years older than me, and he would come over and we play Zelda 1 together and like beat it together. And it was really cool, and we did the same with uh, Zelda 2. And then by the time Zelda 1 came, uh, Zelda Link to the Past came out, I was about 10 years old, and my first memory that I really remember is reading about it coming out. And I was so excited, because I remembered the first two Zeldas being so awesome and being so fun that I couldn't wait, and it looked so awesome, and everything about it was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then... It turned out to be really awesome. It was awesome. It was, <laughs> in fact, awesome. I, uh, I do want to amend mine, because Herf reminded me that my first Zelda actually was Zelda 1, because my babysitter, like, whenever my parents would go out, instead of having the babysitter come to our house, uh, she was the daughter of friends of my parents, so they would just drop me off at their house, and they had an NES and had Mario 1, Duck Hunt, and Zelda, and I would play Zelda one and never got the sword. <laughs> oh wow! Because <laughs> I was like, I think I was must have been like six. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing, and uh, I just remember being like, "This is stupid. I don't like this game." 
can't do it. Starting out with the early swordless practice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's a pretty obtuse game. Like I also have memories actually with my family, like all of us sitting in the living room trying to play Zelda and actually driving to a video game store, which you know this is like the early '90s. Those were rare. Mm-hmm. Um, to pick up one of those maps uh, and and all of us like pouring over the map and being like, oh, you can burn this bush and go to this dungeon. And we we as a family kind of finally beat it. And that's like, uh, that's where all the Zelda started with me when I was really young. I was just mm-hmm. like watching at that point. I was too young to really even participate. But That's really wholesome. That's like a nice memory. Isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I really cherish that memory. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's, so let's probably about 10 more minutes, you think? A few more questions? Yeah. Yeah. Probably okay. one or two more and then we'll... Yeah. That sounds good. All right. Number eight. What are some of your creative outlets? Art, music, writing, dance, etc. Who are we on? Uh, You. Oh, okay. Well, I sort of already talked about this. Um, You know, I I write music for marching bands, um, specifically what's called the front ensemble. Um, So like I said, I'm a huge band nerd. It's something that's been a big part of my life pretty much since I was a freshman in high school. Um, you know, participated in it when I was a high schooler, went to college and did something called drum corps, um, DCI. It's actually DCI finals today. Uh, speaking of which, the day, the day we're recording this August 10th. Um, but I was in drum corps for four years. I taught drum corps for, uh, two years. Um, some, some div one cores. If, if you know anything about drum corps, you know what that means. Um, but, uh, yeah. And after I got out, you know, like I said, I got a degree in music composition, so I wanted to continue to be involved so i have written a few marching band shows um and now specifically what i do is uh when a marching band show is being written um you know there's like the trumpets and the saxophones and the flutes so somebody writes all of those uh all of that music and then there's what's called the front ensemble in front which are like marimbas vibraphones xylophones keyboard uh, you know keyboard instruments synthesizers um cymbals stuff like that drum set sometimes even um so i write those parts um the uh, the keyboard parts they're always you know, they're usually pretty technical. They need to be difficult, so the kids are challenged. Um, the synth parts, you know, obviously you can spend a really long time going through different synth uh, sounds and trying to find what's going to be the best. And, um, you know, all of this, it's music that they work on and, and memorize over the course of, you know, four or five months. So it needs to be good. It needs to be done well. It needs to be detail-oriented so that there's not a lot of questions or inconsistencies. And then all of it's being judged, ultimately, at the end of the day. They go to, like, state competitions and, you know, national competitions. So... Um, you know, it's got to be, it's got to sound good. It's got to be engaging. So um, it's a great creative outlet for me to be able to do that, um, to just, you know, have this group that I work with. It's a 150 person band. So um, there's like, you know, 14 kids that I'm writing sort of original music for more or less. Um, so yeah, that's a, a, again, you know, it's, it's crazy because it's a big part of my life. But it's something I never get to tell you guys about or, or really talk about at all, you know, on this podcast. So yeah, that's, that's definitely what, what I do for my creative outlet. Hmm. Well, I'm uh, considerably more boring uh, <laughs> because I I don't really have anything to be honest. Like I don't really do much creative stuff. I suppose I've been playing guitar for over ten years now, but I've been really slack in the last couple of years. I grab it every now and again, and you know, pluck around on the strings a little bit, but I wouldn't really call it doing anything with it. And other than that, I I don't know. It's yeah. not really a lot. Will you stream, right? Yeah. You'll stream occasionally? I mean, I, I, that's sort of like a creative outlet. Yeah, it was, uh, I was thinking about that, but I feel like I don't stream consistently enough to really 
count that. <laughs> that kind of feels like cheating, if that makes sense. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, I, I sort of count this podcast as a creative outlet, too. You know, we get yeah, to come up with I what we too. want to say. And yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So, Axe, what about you? Um, so, other than this podcast, uh, it I think this might surprise you guys, because I don't know if I've talked about it, but my fiance and I are taking dance lessons, because oh. we want to really impress everybody at our wedding, and I, I never thought I would say this. I am loving it. I really, really enjoy it. And uh, so she and I go pretty much like once a week to a dance studio about 10 minutes away. And uh, we dance for like an hour and practice. And uh, we're getting pretty good, like to the point that our instructor like filmed us. And she was like, all right, I filmed you guys the first time you kind of tried this routine and where you are now. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we we look good. That's cool. That's That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I love to hear that. Yeah, I uh, I will. I guess if people are interested, I can keep you updated on the uh, the dance prep for the wedding. <laughs> in November. Yeah, uh, when is the wedding? By the way, it is November sixteenth. So if that is a day that we were slated to uh, record, uh, we're not recording, guys. We're gonna have to figure out something else. We'll put you in a hit tile or something. I don't know. It's fine. We'll just record a day later. I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah, we, the next day should should be good, right? <laughs> Um, okay, one. let's do one more, and if it's not a good one, we'll do one after that. Okay. Okay. Number 16. What is your favorite Zelda game? That's a pretty good one. Is it on me? I think it is on me, right? I think it's so. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that. It probably is boring as it might be, but it probably is a link to the past, but let me think about it for a couple seconds. This is hard. This Like, I love so many different Zelda games. Yeah, it's really it's really difficult. I enjoy almost all of them with the exception of the DS games. Mm-hmm. Oh, nobody um, likes going back to that temple in Yeah, the, exactly. Which one's it called? The Phantom the, Hourglass? Yeah, Phantom Hourglass. I never played that one. Or that Minish one Cap. Was so annoying. And Minish Cap I really enjoyed. In yeah. uh, Spirit Tracks. Yeah, I agree. Anywhere. I just didn't like those. It didn't click with me. I did. I used to like the N sixty four ones, but we've talked about that before. I feel like uh, I also used to like the NES ones, but I have a hard time playing them these days. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess it is a link to the past. If it has to be down to one favorite one, it will probably be linked to the past. That's fair. It's extremely fair. Yeah. Um, am I next? Uh, I, I never remember. I... Okay, go ahead. Uh, all right, so Majora's Mask is number one for me, like, without even thinking. Okay. But nice. number two is, like, a way trickier one to figure out. And Majora's Mask, it's because the setting is really cool. The uh, I liked how it was kind of like a warped version of Hyrule from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I think I also was, like, playing it at that very, like, impressionable age of, like, 12 <laughs> to 13, and that where, like, whatever you, whatever game you played in that age bracket is, like, the best game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, it's, like, really dark, which is weird for a Zelda game, but I think it holds up pretty well in terms of, like, how everything's executed. But number two is trickier. It's probably linked to the past, but that's a boring answer. So uh, I'm going to say Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. I, I have so many fond memories of, like, each one when it comes out is, like, my favorite for a minute. Like, I remember being in middle school and, you know, everyone 
uh, would go home for the day and then come back the next morning and talk about like, oh man, I, I beat the Shadow Dungeon. You know, like we're just <laughs> yeah. comparing notes and Even like that was Skyward Sword when it came out was my favorite for a while, a little for bit. a minute. Yeah, it was like yeah. a little bit. I was like, yeah. man, it's cool. I feel like because I took fencing classes in um, high school. <laughs> And uh, I was like, it's exactly like fencing. Like, the sword fighting is real. I'm, like, using my positions correctly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I bounced yeah. off that one, to be honest. But <laughs> the point is, yeah, all of them are, you know, when you first play them, like, so fun. Like, Link to the Past, you know, I have really fond memories of that, which we've talked about. Um, I got super, super into Majora's Mask when I was a kid. Um, I don't know if I would still call it my favorite today, though. I think I probably would actually go with Breath of the Wild as my number one, which almost seems sacrilegious because there are all these classics that have stood the test of time that I still love very much. But, God, you guys, Breath of the Wild was so good. <laughs> it's such it's a really good video good. game. Such a good video game. And it is the most recent, so it kind of stands it, to reason. As I've said, you know, when each one comes out, it kind of becomes my new favorite for a while. Yeah, I kind of mm-hmm. see it as like a reimagining of Zelda 1. And it is, yeah. They've, they've play, said that in interviews yeah. and stuff. Like, I mean, yeah. if you play Zelda 1 now, it's really obtuse and really kind of hard to figure your way around. But Breath of the Wild is like, no, you just kind of go and you see what you find. And you're yeah. going to find something no matter which way you go. Cannot wait for that sequel. It's coming out. I know. Yeah. Playable Zelda. Already. Come on, Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> Let me play a Zelda. She's really cool. Breath of the Wild Zelda is best <laughs> Zelda. I, I agree with that for sure, too. Um, okay, well, I guess we should probably go ahead and call it. We will definitely hang on to this list of questions. We should maybe bust this out when we're doing our live episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Cool, okay. Uh, but that will do it for this uh, for now. I hope you enjoyed this little window into our lives. I definitely enjoyed learning more about the two of you. <laughs> so thank, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's wrap this thing up. We actually have a few things to go over here, so I'm going to pull up the outline, make sure I don't miss anything. First of all, just one more time, again, uh, thank you so much to all of you listeners uh, for helping us to get to one year. Uh, Truly couldn't have done it without you. I also want to thank my co-hosts. I don't want to get too mushy here, but couldn't have done it without you guys either. So um, happy one year. Hold on. You kind of are... You know, the guy who has done a lot of the logistical back work on this, you do all the audio mixing and recording, and I don't think we would have made it a year without you kind of doing a lot of that work and setting up stuff, so I want to thank you. Yeah, definitely. You're you're definitely the glue that holds everything together, I'd say. Yeah. Well, I, pre- I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. We made it. We made it. Um, and and I don't have any plans to slow down anytime soon. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm ready to make lots more episodes. I, so. I like hanging out with you guys every Saturday for a little bit and talking rando and, you know, running the tournament has been really fun. Uh, it's just, it, it's so wonderful. Let's do another year. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm done. Cool. Um, and, you know, I, I almost feel, I feel a little uh, weird even asking for this, but uh, we would love to hear from you as a listener. You know, if you have any stories to share about your enjoyment of the show, um, you know, send them to us in an email, uh, email at gomodepodcast.com. Um, there's also our Discord where we're constantly chatting it up. Um, and then I guess you can tweet them at us too, but you got to keep that limited <laughs> in terms of characters, as we all know. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, you know, if this show is a, a big, you know, part of uh, your routine uh, every other Wednesday, you know, let us know. It'd be cool to hear hear from folks. Um, all right. We have a couple of fetch questions. 
Um, one of them was more of a comment than anything, uh, but we got this email uh, about a week ago from Davis. Uh, Davis says, hey guys, I just found the podcast and I'm listening from the beginning. I'm loving it and I just listened to episode eight. Two points. One is that Bomb Hearts or Magic was a great game. Thank you. And two is that the reason why Skullwood's Big Chest is required in so many seeds is the key logic in Skullwood's requires all the keys before you can kill Mothula, since you could waste a small key in the front part and getting out of that one drop down in the back that no one uses outside of entrance randos. Keep up the great work. All right, so thank you, Davis, for the uh, email. Glad you're enjoying the podcast. I love binging a podcast when you discover it, so I hope that's going good for you. And once you listen to this, welcome. Glad you're caught up. Um, uh, so do you guys know what, what they're talking about? The Skullwoods Big Chest, when we were doing the game, um, Axe mentioned the percentage of seeds that require the Skullwoods Big Chest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is an explanation why. Um, does this make sense to you guys in terms of the, what they're saying about the key requirements? Yeah, I would yeah. say so. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I mean, the key logic always accounts for you wasting keys in stupid ways, so you can never softlock yourself. So what he's saying is, since you need all the keys before you can logically go to Mothula, the big chest being in, you know, the big chest being in logic or in your way, the chance is pretty high. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Pod, where the assumption is that you use the keys in the worst way possible, mm-hmm. so that you don't accidentally lock yourself out of stuff. And Skull Woods, you know, when people play, they're very rarely, actually, not just very rarely, I've never even seen people use keys on those kind of waste, you know, pointless rooms in uh, Skull Woods, but the game has to assume that for whatever reason you're doing that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I, I hadn't really thought about that since we recorded that. So I was surprised that, you know, someone can be listening to episode eight and still have something, you know, useful to contribute that hasn't been said yet. So thank you, Davis, for, for uh, bringing that to us. And uh, yeah, we, we actually have one other question that came to us on our Discord in our uh, question <laughs> channel. Um, this one's fun. Yeah, <laughs> this was from Ultra Lavos, just more of a comment. Um, welcome to the Discord, Ultra Lavos. They said, I was listening to episode 18 and heard you guys debating about the pronunciation of, I'm just going to spell it, G-I-F. It made me think about things in the world of Hyrule that start with G-I, and the first thing I thought of were the mummies. I don't think we pronounce them Jibdos. So uh, from well, I don't know. I do. Jibdos. Well, I don't. So <laughs> Some of us... clearly Gibdos and Gif. I mean, we've been over this. Nope, Some I, of us have trouble now... remembering the names of the mummies, and we just call I now them have the to double down and start calling them Gibdos, <laughs> even though I've never called them that. I just I gotta be logically consistent. Oh I, God! I, I cannot express to you guys how little I care about the pronunciation <laughs> of this word. Like, I just like I I don't I don't want to even talk about it. Like, let's just either one is fine. I don't care. Like, yeah, that's just me. I'm I'm crotchety like that. I guess I don't know. I'm I'm gonna call them Jibdos from now on, and you guys are gonna roll your eyes at me. No, I'll be fine. I'll, I will pretend it didn't even happen because I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, I'll correct you every time. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, um, like I said, email at gomodepodcast.com. Find us on Twitter at gomodepodcast. Uh, join the Discord. Um, and also leave us an iTunes review if you haven't done so already and you want to give us five stars, go ahead. Um, in the past, I've always been afraid of saying give us five stars, but you know what? I, I only want you to rate us if you're going to give us five stars, and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that out loud. 
So go give us five stars if you don't mind. Um, and I wanted to shout out, we've actually got two new iTunes reviews. So uh, thank you very much to Magus of Stars and Cool Papa 2282 Thank you for the nice reviews. Um, I actually set a, a midterm goal for myself by the end of the year to for us to have 25 reviews. Uh, was it a bad idea for me to set a personal goal that I actually don't have any control over? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was. But I, I did it anyway. So I, help me achieve my goals, please. I will. I will ask my fiance to write another review. No, she already wrote one. And, and I, I don't want any of those fake, fake bull, bullcrap reviews. That you know, wasn't a fake review. Real she ones. really likes us. She said she. The review actually says something like, "I can't wait to tell all of my friends my new randomizer knowledge." And I know, Axe, did she do that? Did did she do that, Axe? She she watched me play, and she was like, "I remember you talking about that in your podcast." Oh wow! So, so she, she technically sort of did. Yeah. So, so yeah, she, she, okay. she's a fan. Okay. I guess it counts then. That's fine. All right. Um, well, if you'd like to leave us a review, we sure would appreciate it. Um, if you want to watch me play Rando, it's twitch.tv slash tip underscore. Um, so come check me out. Herf is at twitch.tv slash herfydurfy. Axial is at twitch.tv slash sa underscore axial. Changing up bit there, Tim. Normally yeah, you, uh, you throw it to us to give us our uh, our handles. Do you guys have like anything it. else? Yeah, it's not, and you know, it's always the exact same thing. Do you guys have anything you would like to say here before we close um, out the episode? I don't know. Just just cheers to my my fellow co-host and uh, best wishes for another fantastic year. Um, yeah. And good luck to our runners in the uh, mentor tournament finals. Uh, I think we're actually gonna. I, mean, I don't want to speak too too authoritatively about this, but I think Tim, the plan is to uh, to get some special commentary going for that one. Yes. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, two days from now, uh, it's going to be Friday, August... What is that? Uh, August 16th. Um, I, I, as of right now, it's scheduled for 9.30 uh, Eastern. Uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So, check that out. Again, you know, keep your eye on the schedule in case that changes. But uh, um, I would love to commentate that if you guys are available, if either I'm, one of you is available. I'm in. Yeah. So, we're going to commentate that one and maybe possibly the the next one or two races after that you know we we want to be involved in those yeah if those are Mm -hmm. times i can make i will commentate alongside anyone who will take me yeah and uh twitch.tv slash go mode podcast is the final twitch account i should shout out that's where you can uh, see these restreams so um check those out and again you know good luck to both our runners and mentors and yeah that's that definitely deserves a mention okay um i think it's mirror time it's time for the mirror let me just grab it here and here we go.